All right. Welcome back, No Means Nerds, to uh, No Means No Thing. No Means Nothing. I think it's still up in the air how we're going to land on that. Maybe we won't land anyway. Uh, good to be back. This is the first episode we're recording where um, we it's know out in the world. That's what we'll know people are listening. Exactly. So probably going to be a bit of a manic energy to this one because you guys are fucking excellent. <laughs> and it's nice to know that we're not speaking into the void. So uh, I'm pretty excited about that. Anybody, uh, uh, Michelle, what are you drinking today? Oh, I am having some Guinness in my Oh my Guinness, God, knock me over. A Guinness. In my Guinness, in my Guinness pint glass brought, brought to me by Brattles, who got it in um, Ireland, and I have it on my Guinness coaster. Perfect. Again, and I have Guinness underoos on too. The, the, uh, <laughs> the No Means Nothing podcast brought to you by Guinness someday. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matthew, I know you're you're taking a break from that, so uh, you got your your water, your tea there. Club soda and lime juice. Club soda Ooh. and lime juice is yeah. good. I've got my old fashioned, so I think we're ready to. Uh, I think we're ready to dig into this. We've got some, I think, some fucking stellar lineups mm. here. Really mm. interesting. Mm. I'm really looking forward to talking about it. Um, and so I think, without too much preamble, we should just dive in. Unless either of you guys have something that you want to say to our listeners out there before we start. I got something to say. Go for it. I, I think this today. is one of my veggie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> After I said, yeah, no, didn't matter much to me. Um, I, I like this episode. I think these are really good songs to match up against each other. And I think we're going to have a, a plethora of information to discuss about them. Fuck. Yeah. All right. Mm, well, yeah. Let's get into it. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. We've we've kept you in suspense long enough. Here's our first matchup. The first matchup is Big Dick <sighs> off of Wrong, 1989. I mean, fucking shit. And then versus He Learned How to Bleed off of Worldhood of the World as such, 1995. So before we dive into talking about it, here's where Future Me is going to stick in a real big dick into the podcast. Because, in fact, it was your origin story, story if I remember right, Michelle, oh is you. You got, oh. you're, on, you're on the hot seat. What do you think of this one? You want to know what? I wrote no notes about this song. That's how don't important it is. I don't need any notes. Because this song puts the F-U in funk. All right? <laughs> That's right. This song yeah. absolutely kills me. It is the first song I heard, yes, indeed, at a party, at Dave Reynolds' party, who was in the band Squid. (laughs) 
I heard it at a party and I pulled the cigarette out of my mouth, put my beer down and ran around the house and said, what in the fuck is this? I ran over to the record player. I looked for the guy. I, 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 I went out of my mind. I, I, I kind of wish I could hear it right now. I, again, this is one that will never, this, this means so much to me. Is it my favorite No Meets No song? No. But does it hold a very special place in my heart? Oh, yes. Now, I was not really aware of the words. And yes, I, I could hear the big dick part and I could hear the hoo, 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 hoo part. I don't care. That music, a pants pooper. My favorite part is at the end when, when this cheesy lounge guy comes up <laughs> and goes, hey there, what's a nice girl like you doing in a place like this? Uh, I've been looking at you all night. Let me see if I can do it. Do you want to come over to my place for a little nightcap? Actually, I'm a political science major. <laughs> <laughs> the, the laugh. Yes, the laugh. <laughs> it, it goes so well with so like good. the music happening at that time and the drumming and the, the this song is the shit i'm gonna stop now because the song is the shit and you all know it i agree i mean i i don't know what i have to add to that you know right like it's your origin story i remember the first time i heard it right wrong was the first album this fucking thing came on blew my fucking ass mm-hmm. off you know i had a you know so this is one of, this is a song one of their songs where it's just bass and drums right well and vocals of course but just bass and drums how the fuck they can make a song feel so fucking epic and full with just oh. the bass and drums is absolutely incredible. And with a bass line, that is, it's repetitive, right? It's it just, is repetitive. It's, it's like a repeat. But, so I had this friend in college who was a drummer. I, he wasn't in college. He was a friend of mine from childhood. But in college, he brought his buddies down to stay at my place. And they'd seen No Means No play up in Arcata. And he's like, yeah, they're all right. But they're just too repetitive for me. I'm like, oh. <sighs> First of all, first uh, of all, where are they buried? All, Where'd you bury him? He's a fish fan, so I don't have to listen to what oh, he says. Oh, fuck that. Come on. I don't, Come on. I, don't have, I don't have to take I don't have to take him seriously. <laughs> and but no fucking but, noodles in Big Dip. But the the, the <laughs> first exactly. The first thing is, it's like a hardcore fucking mantra, right? Like the way it repeats just adds to it. And that's only if you're listening casually. If you really fucking listen to it, the way John is underneath that, it's almost as if John's the lead instrument and Rob's got this intricate thing fucking going, but he makes the bass line sound different by what he does, how he changes underneath it. It changes the bass line, which doesn't change, by the way he fucks around with it underneath Mm. it. It's really fucking deep in that sense, musically. It's fucking genius. And of course, it's hilarious. This song is fucking hilarious. It's a great song to play. For people who don't know No Means No very well, because it'll make them laugh, but it's also just fucking musically insane. You can't believe Rob is playing that bass line or that John is playing the drums that way. And, you know, lyrically, it's it's right in their wheelhouse. Classic takedown of patriarchy. Talking about, you know, in some of their songs, like you've got Zero Plus Two equals One or Mary, where they talk about that primal force underneath that's sort of more powerful than man. And we're just this piddly little fucking nothing with our logic and all that kind of bullshit. Then they have these other songs which are like, yeah, but that little primal piece you've got in you, it's 
kind of a fucking asshole. It's kind of mm. a sexed crazed piece of shit. And and you know, the the cover that you put on yourself to to cover it up just makes you even more of a fucking asshole. And the the end of the song that you highlighted, Michelle, where Andy oh, delivers on. that that fucking guy cornering that girl that, at that the party. Douche lounge jerk it's off. Fucking perfect. That is an in, that is an incel frat boy motherfucking. <laughs> it is perfect, perfect. Andy is Excellent. the way he can deliver 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 a lyric line uh. is fucking unmatched. It's so good, so good. Anyway, yeah, and what John's playing behind it while he's oh saying that is just oh my just, god. You've seen this live, right? With with, oh, with yeah. the hair, with like doing the Barbie hair. Tom's like. Uh, doing all the stage antics where he's like flipping his hair back and like putting lipstick on. It's hilarious. It's fucking great. Hilarious. All right, Matthew, what about you? What do you well, have to say about this? Well, having met Andy in person, I mean, he's uh, snotty as one of the last adjectives I would use to describe him. But That's right. right. In terms of uh, his, his, his punk voice, his singing voice, he's got that snottiness and he just injects all of that right into um, that, that persona that he puts on at the end. And certainly it is a song about uh, toxic masculinity and right. uh, kind of the, it's, uh, you know, s- silly and crazy. I mean, the, the repetitive bass line and the incredible fast complex uh, drums that, you know, for me, I mean, I've tried to play that on the drums, uh, even just the hi-hat and, and off the rails is the exact is the exact is the exact term because I will actually just slip straight out of my groove. I can't I can't keep up. <laughs> it's just like you know I'm over here somewhere. I kind of threw the threw the stick across the room and I, I didn't oh. even notice. Um, oh, come on, there are, there are a handful of drummers in the entire world who could keep up with oh, that. Oh yeah, no, I know, I know. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's a part where I don't think I ever saw John use double bass pedal, but I can't figure out how he's doing it otherwise. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. The, the the song itself though um it's silly and crazy it has so much of that no means no humor with the dark topic um but the, the song uh the the main part of the song on its own probably would have had a hard time competing against what we're going to compete it with um but it's the the bridge that makes it for me and the the parts where they just like let go and this straight ahead uh part at the end where they just let it all out and it's basically a jam uh bass and drums jam yeah it's really really hard to and of course the poli sci major and that's all folks and (laughs) and and andy's little inclusions just it it, it's not just fucking good it just displays so much of the personality of the band like exactly don't take themselves too seriously don't take anything else too seriously Mm. either it's a great fucking um, point i think it's john and backing vocals which you don't hear a lot in the earlier stuff right um which is is pretty cool um and you know uh topic wise i think it's sort of like the rise and fall of you know, it, it's definitely like that big swing and dick, you know, your sexual energy, but it starts out where you're kind of like a little monkey and you're confused by it. Um, and then in the, the middle, it's it's more dangerous and it may be sort of more aggressive. And, um, you know, rivers of blood have turned to mud. Things about about maybe uh, being too aggressive and uh, maybe suggesting some violence. In it. And then at the end, daddy's getting tired because he's drunk the whole crock. Now he's got his like, limp cock. I mean, it's, it's just this arc. Yeah, it's a whole arc. The, it's the, the arc of man. Of this the, is yeah. the best no means no song ever written. <laughs> <laughs> but well, let's just on. end this shit right now. now hold on. And I, I do I do have affection for the uh, the 
the version that's on um, would we be, be would we be alive and in the fish oh, right. tank? And I think it's the same exact version. But, I think so. Uh, two drummers, you know, Rob singing, two drummers. It's it's got so many different uh, f- funny little bits and other little random bits of percussion that are probably just people in the studio playing. I mean, it's just so so much fun <laughs> that they're having. Right. Clearly, it reminds me of Showbiz Giant's silliness, actually. Um, it is a fucking fun song, and you're so right about how it really displays their personality. It is such a great fucking encapsulation of that. Yeah, nice. So yeah, one of, one of my favorites. I mean, it's it's off of uh, off of wrong, which is certainly in the, uh, the very very beginning of my awareness awareness of no means no. It certainly is a standout on that very dark album. It's a dark topic, but much much uh, kind of sillier, lighter tone to the, to right. the music. So anyway, yeah, there you go. Excellent. All right. Well. No, wait a minute. Wait, wait. I think this is a good time for me to read something. All right. And this it. this was from the No Means No Facebook group, and it's um, from Ernie Hawkins. He was the drummer in one of their their. He was a drummer was a Hansen. in uh, er, Hanson. Er, er, Ernie yeah. Hawkins, yeah. Ernie, Ernie Hanson. Ernie Hanson. Ernie, mm-hmm. and I, I actually wrote to him and asked him if I could use his his post on Facebook and read it on the podcast because I loved what he said. So I'm going to read this now. And it does have something to do with what we were just talking about. So Ernie says, I put on wrong about 1992 and I do have the right year, 1992 and blew my mind. It hit so hard, but it wasn't metal. It was punky, but not messy and loose like DK. It was snarky without being pretentious, intelligent, but not elitist. It was serious, but clever. I definitely didn't get it, but boy, did I like it. Fuck yeah. Yeah, there you go. That was Fuck under yeah. the post about, do you know anybody or your spouse or something or your significant other who doesn't get no means no, but that's what Ernie wrote. And I, I loved great. it. That's yeah. great. I mean, Intelligent, it really but not song. elitist. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I Fucking loved great. it. So I, I asked him if I could read it and I just nice. read it. Ernest Thank nerds you. who don't give a fuck. Thank yeah, you, Ernest. Exactly. All right. Well, let's um, let's talk about its uh, rival. He learned how to bleed, which is again, it's off of uh, World of the World of Such. Michelle, what's your what are your thoughts on this one? Uh, I do love this song. I love how powerful it is, and I love the album. I love this whole album, and it's such a good song on this album. Uh, I, I have watched some live versions of it over the years, and I just any footage you see of John, he's just using tons of floor floor toms and crash cymbals. I think the song works so well with the chorus and and how easily they flow into each other, and it makes sense. I think it's I think it's an excellent powerful song and like i said one of the great tunes on that album love it nice yeah i i i feel very similar i think 
just kind of like I had said earlier on a previous episode about my politics, I love that this song feels like it kind of starts in media res. It's just starts at the climax and just fucking mm. balls yeah. to the wall as if that would be the middle, the, the peak of some other song. And yet it just comes right in with yeah. it. And it ends with that exact same riff, which I don't know. I can't, I was trying to think of another no means no song that's Mobius strip like that. Like you could, you could literally play this back to back and it would just sound like it was going right back into itself. A beat match itself. Exactly. Exactly. It's really, really interesting in that way. Um, so I will say a few, my only few negatives first before I start to be effusive about this song. I really love this record. I think it's the worst mixed record of all of their records. And I don't like the mix of Worldhood. And I don't know that I ever got to hear the remastered of this, but a lot of it just gets way too fucking muddy for me. Now that said, it's brilliant. The whole album is brilliant. But in terms of the engineering of it, it's, I, there's a lot of it that leaves me a little bit feeling clammy about it. In this one, I feel like that kind of there's and it's not there's not necessarily a bad thing, but there's just sort of a muddiness between the guitar and the bass that I would like to not be there that I don't hear in a lot of other no means no. That's the only the only negative thing I'd have to say about it. Other than that, this song's fucking shreds, right? And it is one of my favorite songs off this album. I don't think about this song a lot on its own, but every time I hear it, I'm reminded how much I fucking love it. Mm. Um but it's not one of the songs for some reason that always comes to the front of my mind when I think of this album or when I think of No Means No. And yet it's so fucking good. So I don't know why it hasn't stuck in my consciousness more. But it, it's, it is a really fucking good song. And, you know, something they do a lot on this album and certainly in a lot of other songs, they have that, you know, they don't, they don't hold to typical song structures, I think, but they have their own sort of toolkit that they go back to the well they dip into for, for structure. And we've already talked about some songs that have the little musical break in the middle that, you know, has a, a totally different feel to it. And Michelle, you've talked about how some of those sort of leave you feeling a little flat. They don't, they don't necessarily fit as well, but right. this one, this one to me is the most organic of all of them. I yeah, feel like it works so fucking good. It does. Mm -hmm. It's so good. I love that middle part. It's probably actually my favorite part of the song. I really, really love that portion of it. And it flows so seamlessly into it and back out of it again. Lyrically, I don't think the song is that opaque, really. Um, I don't, you could take it literally. I don't, and it's not, you can never really take no means no literally. Frankly, this is sort of, I think, uh, what's the guy's name? Chuck Palahook, the guy who wrote Fight Club. I think, uh, I think uh, no means no should probably fucking sue him because his book came out in 96. This came out in 95. This has got a lot of echoes of Fight Club in there, right? Like it's this predated Fight Club, but it's hey, that more that, book references. That Love feeling. It. I mean, there's a lot that's not a great reference to it, right? Fight Club's got a lot other a lot of other shit going on in it, but this this feeling of someone who's sort of disaffected, and just that feeling of how you got to face the world and keep kind of keep standing back up and keep fucking smiling through bleeding lips as someone stabs you or punches you, and you just keep getting up and learning how to fucking bleed. You do not give up. This right. doesn't strike me. This doesn't strike me as a cynical song. It actually strikes me as a song where it's a bit earnest in a way, right? That it's that that they're not they're, they're not highlighting somebody who is fucked up. I mean, not more fucked up than any of us are, but it's it just feels earnest to me. It doesn't feel like one of their dark cynical characters. Um and I like that. I, I, I like that. And that could be totally way off, but that's, that's how I take this one. But I, I, I think this is one of my favorites on this album. I really, mm -hmm. I really like this song. 
Mm-hmm. What about you, Matthew? Well, I, I wouldn't say it's one of my favorites off of Worldhood. Actually, I had to think about when you uh, gave us the pairings, I, I had to think about what album it was even on at first. Um, but then uh, again, just like it keeps happening to us, listening to the song in isolation out of the context of the album makes me gives me a different appreciation. And maybe I would answer differently, um, you know, listening to these things in, in like uh, in the future. Um, but this song, I'd like to hear the story behind it because um, it is certainly feels like a song about futility and. Um, in some ways, it's an interesting pairing because Big Dick is certainly about toxic masculinity. And I think this is as well, or at least toxic, um, the, stere- the stereotype of masculinity or the ter- stereotype of achievement where you just have to keep striving, keep like beating yourself against it, even though it's making you uh, making you bleed. It's like uh, Big Dick, there's definitely contempt for the, the subject or the, 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 the object of the song. Whereas this one, there's a lot more pity. Um, it feels like he's sort of like, what are you, what are you doing? What do you, there's, there's sympathy for this person who just keeps striving and getting hurt and beating himself against the wall. Um, and it makes, it's interesting because there are a couple of places where he's almost like a dialogue, Rob versus Rob. So, you know, maybe this is sort of an internal voice, him talking to himself. Right. Um, and, you know, so sardonic and using the, the just do it Nike motto, um, right. Yeah. Of of the 90s. And it was just like, oh, you know, keep get yourself up off the ground, even though you're bruised and injured. Just keep fucking going. Um, musically, uh, it's very uh, kind of s- straightforward for me in terms of knowing no songs. Yep. I mean, it's very uh, maybe one of their more more metally sounding uh, songs or hardcore sounding songs, especially in their latter day output. Um, so, yeah, that part doesn't actually interest me all that much sometimes in the, uh, the chorus where he's saying the, uh, he heard, he learned how to bleed. It almost sounds like it's hard to, hard to say or hard to sing it. So it feels like <laughs> a, it's almost a little bit, um, a little bit awkward, but, um, the, the ballady part in the middle where they're singing more and you can actually hear Tom, uh, mm-hmm. and so like that, yeah. that is maybe the first time where I'm like, Oh yeah, Tom's in the band. <laughs> we can actually identify Tom's voice. And, uh, I like that. I like that aspect of it. And that's the only part of the song. You can really hear the bass too, which is, I mean, on its own, which is one of the reasons I love that middle section. It's so, yeah, yeah. it's nice to hear that. You hear song, a lot not, of guitar in that song though. A it lot sounds, of guitar. It sounds great. The guitar it does. It sounds is really great different. in that song. It is really, like you said, Matthew, it's really different than a lot of their songs in that way. It's more, I mean, straightforward is kind of a weird word to put on No Means No, but it's right. true. But it's yeah. true, at least in, in terms of their oeuvre. It's definitely in that, more on that side of it. Huh. All right. Well, fuck. Anyone oh. else got any comments before we put these up for a vote? Oh, God. All right. Then here we go. Oh, God. Insert fake drum roll. Michelle, you are up. Who goes through for you? Come on. Do I have to say it? You do have to say it. In fact, okay, it's in your I'm contract. Big dick. Bickus right. dickus. Bickus dickus. Bickus so, dickus. Uh, I am going to vote also for Big Dick. Was oh, not yeah. as was not quite as easy as I thought it might be, but Big Dick just looms far larger in my consciousness. It's big. Than, than He Learned How to Bleed, which is a great song. But I love, yep. 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 All right. How about yep. you, Matthew? I think it's got to go to Big Dick as well. Um, yes. it, again, like Big you, Dick. wasn't um, wasn't as difficult. I mean, uh, it was more difficult than I thought it might Big be. Dick. Um, 
but I, I was thinking, you know, if uh, given that Rob is singing on the, the alternate version, had Rob been singing hmm. on the original uh, wrong version and there hadn't been those sort of silly Andy inclusions and that sort of silly snarky Andiness in it, um, I might not have liked the song as much as I, I did. Interesting. Ooh. Interesting. Yeah. The provocal performance really is important on that song. I agree. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Huh. All right. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's go to round two here. Oh boy, we've got two other songs to put up against each other. This is an interesting pairing, <laughs> to say the so, least. So, song one in this corner, "Sitting on Top of the World," from One Down, Two to Go, nineteen ninety four, versus "Beauty and the Beast" <laughs> off the day everything became nothing in nineteen eighty seven. Probably many of us know it more from the day everything became isolated and destroyed, which mashes those two LPs together. But it was really on, uh, I think, first released on the day everything became nothing. So this one's a really fucking interesting pairing. And I'm going to go first It totally here. is. I love it. It's so wild. So we're going to start talking about sitting on top of the world. And let's listen to a little bit of that right now. tells me that this song was originally a Walter Vinson and Lonnie, uh, Lonnie Chapman of the Mississippi Sheiks in 1950. Uh-huh. That's on my notes, too. Yeah, so this is yep. a cover, which I had never listened to. I knew this mm-hmm. was a cover, but I'd never listened to it, so I listened to it today. And on first listen, I was like, it's not a cover of that song. Like, what the fuck? Is, are they wrong? Then, of course, reading the lyrics and going back and listening to it again, I'm like, well, okay, it is. A very Mr. Wrong cover of this song. Very fucking Mr. Wrong. Another brutal shot of his rhythm and blues, if I don't say so. Um, I'd love, I'd, I'd fucking love when Rob just goes off like this in his Mr. Wrong shit, right? There's a few, a handful of covers like this, or, or not even covers, but songs like this. There's this one, there's um, End of the World, which I think is on uh, Mr. Wrong Fights the System, that weird little EP put out. There's the other one on One Down and Two to Go, uh, I'm Doing Well. The ones oh, where it's just him, right, all on his own, which I can't wait to get to that one. And I fucking love it. And this one, I love, oh, fucking I love <laughs> how crisp and fucking hard that bass is. It's just, I just every note, it's just right there and just punches me in the fucking nuts. Each one of them. I, I love this bass riff. I love how hard he fucking goes at it. He's got a bad... And He's I love how his voice is distant and echo and, and reverbed out this lonely guy sitting in a graveyard. 
who just ends up throwing himself in the grave, just like in uh, Disappear. I think this guy just offs himself at the end out of heartache. Um, you know, he took a song that was all, it's already kind of depressing and he just cranks it up to a thousand, right? Makes it even way more depressing than it was back in the 30s when they were in the literal fucking depression. So I guess good for you, Mr. Wrong, for out depressing the depression. Um, I love this song. I think it's great. And, you know, I, I wish that I ever would have been able to see one of Rob's solo shows as Mr. Wrong. I, I really wish I would have been able to see that. Oh, I'm sure this too. would have been oh on the roster. I don't know what else he played in those songs. This had to be one of those songs. Um, but I love it. I, I think this song's fucking, fucking great. And I've never skipped this when it comes on that compilation. Absolutely yeah. never. Mm-hmm. All right. So um, next we're going to hear from Matthew. Um, I didn't know it was, I went back to the thirties. I, I looked up that it was a Howlin' Wolf cover, but Howlin' Wolf yep. must've been covered. You covered it. Cover yeah. of a cover of a cover. It's been covered by shit ton of people actually. Yeah. 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 Has been. yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't have time. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm going to go back and, and listen to some of those, uh, those other, uh, other versions. Um, of course. Yeah. This is, I think this is a Mr. Wrong song. Uh, I had to look, uh, as to whether it was, um, one of the songs on that, uh, that Mr. Wrong seven inch or not, but no, it, it was, wasn't right. It, no, exactly. Um, the wiki I mean, says just, it was original for this, that it was new for this compilation. Uh, I don't know if that's true, but that he recorded it and put it on the compilation. I don't think it was on anything else. His passion and him and his instrument and that that's what's going on. And I did actually see, uh, a couple of Mr. Wrong shows. So I probably did see that song. Oh, look at him. Um, Fuck this guy. Get out. Fucking a. God damn it. Asshole. You've seen Andy. You've seen Mr. Wrong. Fucking. Anyway, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) It it brings back, you know, (laughs) memories of the, that particular expression that Rob gets where he's just like really (laughs) in, in the moment, you know, and both of the rights are, um, kind of, prematurely gray and uh usually really really short hair so they have their their little smile and their eyes closed and their head back their little bullet head back and uh just fucking really, phil donahue up there right really yeah. really just feeling it um <laughs> with that laugh yeah that his, laugh of theirs his dialogue with his instrument i mean there's just so much mm. um heartache and love in uh in this particular song i think this is certainly one of my favorite of the uh the sort of more mr wrongy uh songs yeah. um but you know uh, you, yeah you, i mean it's it's interesting to know i mean he, what rob reveals by the covers that he chooses to do in terms of his, um, good point you know what yep. uh what else is he listening to that he d- maybe yeah. didn't, didn't feel up to covering or right um, never always wished he had covered um, but yeah, he's in no, pain. Be- the man is in pain. Beautiful, beautiful song. Beautiful. And you know, one of the things that occurs to me as we're, as we're talking about this, I, I know of a handful of people that I've tried to introduce no means no to that are kind of put off that Rob does so much of that. What was the German word for it? Talk singing? Sprechen- I, I forget the German word. Sprechen- yeah. Deutsch. yeah, whatever that, that, that like, you know, like, can he sing whatever you listen to this song's like fucking Rob can sing, man. This is, there's so much passion and so much nuance in this song in in his vocal performance that fucker can sing man yeah and I, this song absolutely proves that in spades mm-hmm. nice all right well that was all of us right yep no i didn't no, go you, didn't you know no yet. no hey but no no you know what i'm not gonna go because between what you two said was exactly the same stuff i would have said and you two as always say way more eloquent than me but i do love this fucking song 
I'd like to hear a little bit more of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I don't care if it's the same thing we said. Say it. No, no, no. your passion. Nobody wants to hear my repetitive shit. The we same all want to hear said. your repetitive shit. Okay, here's something you didn't say. Here's something you didn't say. I, I, I like how it sounds like the band was practicing and John and Tom went out for a cigarette and left Rob on the stage by himself. Nice. <laughs> Fuck yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if that's what happened, but... And and I did. I had notes about the Mississippi Sheiks. I th- did I write that down? And the Howlin' Wolf. And there was something also about Robert Johnson and how Robert Johnson covered this but changed the name of the song to Come On In My Kitchen. But the wow. Howlin' Wolf version is what is is closely like like I think what Rob was listening to when he covered it, not the Mississippi Sheiks one. Yeah. But I, I you know, come on, the blues, let's just give it up for the blues because so you wouldn't have good. shit. You wouldn't have nope. shit in the world for White music man, if it wasn't for the you're blues. Just you're just starting to get the blues. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right? It's all right yeah. there in the footnotes. But I do. I love Rob. I love him on this song. He sounds mass. Sounds massive. Massive. Okay. Fucking massive. All right. So. Sprech. Sprech. Gesang. Sprech. Gesang. Sprech. Gesang. Please forgive us German listeners because there are actually fucking German listeners. So. Schoidefreuden. Yeah. All right. right, So the next one up is (laughs) Beauty and the Beast off of the day Everything Became Nothing, 1987. Now we're going to listen to a little bit of that. shit this song is epic i i adore small parts i think pound for pound it's probably other i mean i it's i can't say which is my favorite album but it's often like i don't call this my favorite album and then i listen to it and go like fucking are you kidding me of course it's my favorite i just this whole album is fucking incredible and i love this song so much the we were talking about andy's vocals on big dick andy's vocals on this song i think are fucking incredible he, Get out of here! His his sneer, everything, and 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 this is this is the, an old saw I've had even on this podcast already, and I'm going to hit it again and again and again. But every part of this song plays into the overall impression and meaning. Nothing is fucking ancillary. Everything is perfect. Every sneer he makes, the way they do the warble, the 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 distortion on Andy's voice when he's singing is is part of the the distortion of beauty and all of that shit. It just fucking perfectly adds to the meaning of it. Uh, small aside, I had a, a, an acquaintance of my, of my uh, best buddy, Russell, who introduced me to the band. <gasps> and this acquaintance was into, was into No Means No. And he was always trying to convince us that No Means No was, um, were Satan worshipers. 
because, oh of the, because of the way because of the way they emphasize the word beast in this song and in rags and bones and i'm Hold like the eyes fucking, of the beast yeah exactly well, well they're not not satan worshipers. they're not not <laughs> satan worshipers so that guy was a fucking tool and i wish i had remembered his name because i'd call him out right now but i don't right and if you're out there and you recognize yourself in the story yeah. i'm sorry man back then you were a fucking tool so anyway you I, probably and, still yeah, are that fucking lilt in the middle where Andy's doing the beauty struts and beauty flounce because this is what the eyeball wants. Beauty doesn't stand a chance. Behold the eyes of the beast. beast. Fucking hey, man. That's just, it's gorgeous. And then straight into the so dark and hot. It's just, it's so, so good. A masterwork in vocal presentation. And satanity. Yeah, exactly. Satanity. I love it. And lyrically, this is is right in the no means no comfort zone. Again, They put the insanity in satanity. Perfect. It's kind of what we've been talking about with these other songs. This is like that dark primal nature that is uncontainable and and fucking wild and savage and reacts to this beauty, right? This false mask. But underneath the mask is this dark primal fucking energy that cannot contain it. Absolutely cannot contain it. <sighs> Musically, the guitar and the bass work fucking works perfectly together. No other band could have made or would ever try to make a song like this. You, you just, I don't think you could do it. Now I don't have a vast musical, like I, I haven't heard tons and tons of bands, so I'm probably full of shit, but I, I just can't imagine another band composing a song like this. It's just crazy. The way Andy uses guitar to like Jackson Pollock up the spaces between this tight bass and fucking drums oh. is just so, no other guitarist has ever fucking done that. He's not trying to be a lead. He's like, Filling in these spaces with these fucking riffs and jabs and fucking squawks that they just are. It's just fucking beautiful. I, I don't know that I have anything more to say about this other than I, it's just a masterpiece. I love this song. So now, that's me. I, I have I have heard tons of bands. And uh, in some words, in some ways, I, I kind of wish I hadn't started off so early in my music listening career to No Means No because it kind of fucked everything up for me. <laughs> right? Fuck, <laughs> fuck, fuck, fuck you. No Means No. That's a, it established such a high fucking bar. Yeah. Um, so uh, I, as you have mentioned, I mean, I, I got to know this song on the CD version where it had uh, small parts isolated um, and destroyed and uh, Day of the Beginning, nothing. Um, on the same CD and I'd never really looked to see where, which songs were on which thing and uh, where they fell. But it's kind of interesting that the, uh, the day of the became nothing was the five songs tacked onto the beginning of the CD. Um, so at least they are sort of, it might've been an interesting experience to listen to the day of the became nothing um, with its first song rather than it being fifth or sixth or whatever. Anyway, right. It's just one of these things that uh, doing this podcast kind of makes me realize that, uh, you know, the, the song order and the, uh, the place on the album uh, definitely affects the way you perceive the song and the way you experience it, especially at first. Um, but uh, you know, it still leads, it leads into brother, brother rat. So it's all, all, good. <laughs> yeah. all, all good for me. Um, I like so much about the song, but um, it's uh, not one of the ones that ever stood up for me on, on the CD. Uh, you know, I, I know it backwards and forwards, but uh, for, for me to actually sort of, I, again, I probably had to, would have had to think a sec just to think of which album it was actually off of at first. Um, so it's interesting, a little bit more obscure, maybe not, not my standout on, uh, on that album, but I sure like it a lot. Of course, uh, incredibly just no means no tightness, 
um, no, no fat to trim, uh, just, uh, incredibly tight through the corners and the changes and everything like that. Okay. You know, um, I'm definitely a bass and drums kind of guy. I don't really, um, I'm not 10, don't tend to be moved all that much by guitar, but on this song, uh, I discovered, um, generally when I don't even sort of, I'm indifferent to guitar. I don't really notice it that much. Um, but I, I love the guitar and actually follow that part. Unlike a lot of no means no songs. Um, mm. Uh, on this particular song so uh, you know certain bits where uh you know that little breakdown where the guitar is going down the break yes or the so guitar's good. going up and the bass going down so um, fucking good yeah um so much to love about the song i mean the, the really metal sounding bridge um i am i must admit um a sucker for anything with andy screaming or sort of muttering or hell yeah in the background is um but you yeah, know I, I love the the distorted uh ring modulator sounding vocals in parts of it that's yes. uh, makes it sound so uh you know like you're in a an altered state um it's uh the, the dark and hot uh, I have a thing for dark eyes sometimes. So um, I, I remember wandering around at raves and stuff like that back in my youth and uh, seeing a, a woman with pretty dark eyes and just like in the back of my head, just no matter what music was playing, <laughs> dark, dark and, and hot. hot, dark and hot. <laughs> um, and then of great. course the, the silly, the silly bit where they, um, Andy's doing a kind of weird Southern voice. The snares That's are great. muted. Um, it's it's like, <laughs> yeah he's got like some percussion instruments well, in no, there too it's cla- claves because uh, yeah, it's, yeah that's exactly what those are you're right it's that's claves great. and it's actually bossa nova so it's a no means no bossa nova song it's fucking uh, in, great in the middle of beauty and the beast and yeah I, you know i i don't even know how to interpret the, the the actual meaning of the song um just that maybe you're kind of um unhinged and you know there's no consciousness in terms of the appreciation of beauty i guess maybe it's uh, a little bit of the similar type of sentiment to going back to big dick and this animalistic uh kind of relationship to sex that uh no Zone seems to have had in its early especially in the early stuff exactly um, it's a theme that's a well they dip back to a lot in, yeah, in a yeah, really sure. in a really smart way but they fucking dip right. into that well a lot right. yeah and um, of course, yeah, the the drumming is um, this is this is a incredible hi hat song. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, again, um, maybe not. And again, like so many examples with No Means No, I mean the the bar is so high. Listening to the song on its own, if I'd heard this first, I would have been totally hooked. But it's not one of my favorites because the bar is so high elsewhere. Right. Right. Yeah. And then what comes next? You're like, well, fucking come on. They can't. They can't do any better than that. Oh yeah, hold my beer. We'll get there. All right, Michelle. (laughs) Let's uh, let's hear. Let's hear your take on this. Oh, once again, you guys have hogged a lot of comments that I had. But when this song first starts, I know. But I love you, you assholes. But I I just wrote, oh, come on with this. Like the start song starts, and I immediately have shit my pants because. I, I, I do. I love this song. It's badass. Now, was this one of the songs that the guys that I've heard, they, they've re- expressed some regrets about the lyrics? Is this? 
of this? No, is this one of the ones? I don't think so. One of the, I think. Um, Am I mixing that up uh, with? Uh, you're mixing that up with uh, what's the song on on Sex Mad? The um, she hunt the she beasts. Oh okay. no, you're that. right. They hate the lyrics you, to that. One. Yeah, yeah. So it'll yeah. be interesting. We get that. Okay, I, I I was thinking it was this. I knew it was something about because that one's really fucking she, straightforward. This one's far yeah. more of their like intelligent. Okay. I, yeah. I couldn't remember which one, but there there there's the beast. Hunt the She-Beast, Beauty and the Beast. Right, see, right, there you go. I got you. I think I your friend's you. right. I think there's some Satan going on in here. Yeah, they're evil. You know, they are. You, neither of you guys mentioned the high-pitched squeal that happens. Is, was that Oh, God, it's so good. I love it. Was that was that somebody's voice that they just put on a, an effects thing? And they just, must oh! have. No one could fucking I, I, do that, that for real, That right? was, well, other than probably diarrhea carry. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> but I don't want to have her. She wouldn't show up for this, but... That that high pitched squeal, oh, I, I just that that fucking kills me. It's amazing, but it's got to be. I think it's like John's. Maybe I'm guessing if I had to, John's voice mm. put in some kind of effects, process, voice effects processor that that does that because I, I just love it. The guitar solo in this hilarious and awesome. So good. And and I'm so glad you guys mentioned the one where Andy's going going up chromatically and yeah, Rob's yeah. going down. It's just like. So good. It's, it's so wonderful, and and yeah, I I did also write that the, the I, I don't know what he's saying. All, all I can understand is this is what the eyeball wants. That 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 is just the my my favorite part in that song. It's I so love good. this song. I'm not going to say anything more about it. The production on this album, I don't. I mean, for my money, I don't know that they. I think they peaked in terms of the the audio engineering. It, it is as much an instrument as the instruments like they, yes. the way that they use it to craft the songs is fucking intense on all of the songs, every single one of them, the, the way it's engineered is as important as the instruments themselves, which I don't feel like is necessarily the case in the same way on their other albums. It was and see, totally uh, its own thing on this. I find it's a little tinny. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. It's okay to be wrong sometimes, Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite all right. I what studio I'm was this myself. done at? Do you guys know? Is it, it's probably on the album somewhere. No I guess idea. I should look it up. But no, I I I I think that the the mixing and recording on this is astounding. All right. Well, one of these top oh, shelf God. songs has to go to the shit pool. So, oh my God, I get, I'm up first. I'm up first. This is actually t- this is a fucking tough one. For I me. know. I I, I know. really really like both these songs, but I know one of these songs in my mind is a Mr. Wrong song. And one of them is a classic No Means No song. So I'm putting through Beauty and the Beast because to me, it's it, it pulls more of the band along in its wake in an important way. So I'm, I'm going with, uh, I'm going with uh, Beauty and the Beast. All right, Matthew, what about you? I got to say, for the same reasons, um, got to go through um, Beauty and the Beast. Although, um, you know, I, I love Rob and the passion and everything like that. But No Me So isn't about pa- passion. It's also about being a dumbass. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> it's uh, I got to give it to Beauty and the Beast. Hell yeah. All right. Well, it's already going through. But Michelle, what's no, your... Uh... No, no, no. I'll, I'll push it through. I'll vote Beauty and the Beast. But I'm telling you, this was tough. This was tough. But, but we were but unanimous do, on both, right, both fronts right. this time. But, but I do love the sitting on top of the world one. Just, just to show you, it's just, I, I shouldn't compare the band to the Beatles, but do you know, it just shows you how much talent he, this one guy. The one guy. Yeah. One guy has. Yeah, yeah. And, and, sure. and like, exactly. you know, bands like the Beatles or the Eagles, and don't anybody pick on me. I know the Eagles suck. You don't have to put up the fucking video from the, the Big Lebowski. 
I know the Eagles suck, but every single guy in this band can hold their own on their own. Absolutely. Absolutely. But yes, Agreed. I am going to put in Beauty and the Beast just because it's it's the shit. All right. Well, we're that much closer to finding the absolute best song of all time. So we want to thank everyone again for listening. Um, and thank you all for listening to us fucking geek out about this. And feel free to come on the interwebs or social medias and tell us how fucking stupid we are for the choices we made or that you agree with us, which you probably do because we're totally right. <laughs> Especially this time because we're unanimous. So at uh, no means nothing at uh, on Twitter. Yep, uh, and uh, and same at no means nothing on Instagram. And we're in that Facebook group. And I don't know by the time this one comes out, maybe we'll be even more places. But I don't fucking know by then because we're recording this in the past. We're gonna be in the UN. In the we're gonna I, I'm, UN. I'm not a tweeter, uh, but uh, I'm at ugly little war now. So. Excellent. So you can hit up Matthew and tell him how he was wrong about the engineering exactly. of um, uh, Day Everything Became Nothing. So, listen, everybody, thank you for joining us. We've sent through Big Dick and uh, Beauty and the Beast, and we've sent He Learned How to Bleed and Sitting on Top of the World down into the lower depths of hell, where oh, they may have oh. a chance to come back when we pull in some songs, but we'll have to see. We'll have to see how that goes. In any event... I would just like to say that I really have nothing against gravity, but it really does lay me down.